I want to continue to focus here in the, in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation on the child who is born. The dragon, of course, is opposing the child uh, at, the, at the time when, she, when the woman is giving birth to him. The woman we see as the continuing promise uh, often repeated in Scripture, uh, often depicted in Scripture in type and shadow. And because I've addressed it extensively, I won't go any further into that. But she bore a male child um, or a man-child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron. That child was caught up to God and His throne when the woman then fled into the wilderness. And so by way of summary of the two previous messages, just uh, some final thoughts on the man-child before we go on to the woman who flees into the wilderness. Uh, Now there are multiple words for for the, 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 the term man. The most common Greek term for man is the generic term, uh, anthropos. Uh, we get the term anthropologie, uh, the study of the logic of the anthros or the uh, anthropological man. There we're talking about the, the, the genus called man or humans, irrespective of male or female. So in the general sense, anthropology uh, is uh, the Greek term that refers to man and it's, it's, that, it's that catch-all term. Now it could, it could imply a number of other uh, aspects, it could imply such things as the inner man, the spiritual man, um, the old man, the new man, and those are, those are ways you will find anthropos used in, uh, uh, in the New Testament. For example, it says, a certain man. Uh, when, Jesus, when the record of Jesus' parable, uh, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, the, the, uh, the framework of that in the Scripture uh, a certain man, a particular man, is the term te, te, te anthropos, a particular man. And so he's talking about Adam in that, in that uh, passage. Adam went down from, Jerusa- from heaven to earth, Jerusalem to Jericho, fell amongst thieves, the thief, rob, steal, kill and destroy, came to steal his inheritance. And um, you know, the law came by and saw him in that condition, in form of the priest, and couldn't do anything for him, walked by on the other side. The, the Levite, uh, the very picture of religious, a religious helper, a religious functionary. So neither the law nor religion could help the man, but a Samaritan, a Jew and a Gentile by definition, is a Samaritan, the picture of God and man in the person of Christ, uh, comes and 
binds up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Um, you know, he, for surely he had borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, put us on his donkey, took us to an inn, which is himself, and uh, paid for us, uh, took out two silver coins. Silver coin was a day's wage, paid for our care for 2,000 years, said he would come back again. Te Anthropos, a particular man. All right, now, there are other uh, meanings to the word man, um, uh, such as the word ener, A-N-E-R, which is, which is spelled or pronounced anier, an anier. Uh, other meanings, but then uh, the word for one particular word that is uh, very significant is the word teleos, teleos, T-E-L-E-I-O-S, teleos. That means a complete man, a man who, who well, it's, it's the reference to Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, the teleos man, the perfect picture, the completed man. But the word used here for the man-child is the word aren, aren, which is more related to the term um, male, but it carries the, that, that's why it, the man here is also referred to in two ways. Number one, quote, he was, he was to rule the nations with a rod of iron. So this would indicate a progression, all right? From the point he comes forth, it's a progression. Now, interesting because it directly relates to Jesus who was whose destiny is to rule the nations with a rod of iron, but he didn't rule the nations with a rod of iron when he came forth. That would be future. But for three and a half years, he demonstrated that he had the qualification to rule the nations with a rod of iron. How did he demonstrate that? This is how. He said, I am in the Father, the Father in me, is in me. I only do what I see my Father doing. Three and a half years, 42 months, 1260 days, 1200, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, 1200, yeah, 1260 days. Same thing comes up immediately after that. So from the time Jesus appeared to the time that he, was, he left the earth, was caught up literally while they beheld a cloud received him out of their sight as he ascended, was three and a half years. So this tells me that, that like Jesus who is the prototype, from the time of the appearing of this man-child to the time that he uh, functions 
uh, he fulfills the showing of who he actually is, there will be a period of three and a half years in which time he is, quote, caught up to God and his throne. In the last recording, I deconstructed what it was meant, what was meant by caught up to God and to his throne, referencing what Jesus said, you are in me and I am in you as he spoke to the Father. And he said, let them be one in us in this way so that the world may believe that you sent me. We have not yet and have not at any point in history achieved that place of the oneness of the body of Christ to bring to the world the picture that God loves them like he loves like he loved Christ this references a period of time when the, this male child is brought forth like the point from which Jesus came uh, to John in the river Jordan to be baptized and heaven opened and God confirmed the testimony that he was in Christ. It was God who said, I am in him. How did God say that? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's the commissioning that gives us no excuse not to follow Jesus. In fact, this was the fulfillment of the second psalm that prophesied that God would authenticate Jesus when he would say, Thou art my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. Ask of me and I'll give you the kingdoms of the earth for your possession. So this is not about the child being born as in when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. This is about the time when he is brought forth uh, to rule. As when he's brought forth fully accredited to represent the Father. And that lasted for 42 months, three and a half years. There's a parallel, there's a parallel between that, the three and a half years of the appearing of Christ, and the three and a half years in which we live and function as the corporate man in the world as the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, there has to be a point in time where the thing that God has been working on since creation is revealed as complete. So when he makes his entrance, he's already, the enemy knows that he has to destroy him, he's already ready to represent the, the, the 
the Heavenly Father in the fashion in which Christ Himself represented the Father once He came forth and was baptized by John. There's an incredible story in the early chapters of the Gospel of John about how Jesus, upon returning from Galilee or returning from the wilderness to Galilee, attended a wedding feast with His twelve disciples. Jesus was present with the twelve, it says, and Mary was with them. And you know the story, they ran out of wine. They ran out of wine. Mary says to Jesus, they have no more wine. Jesus responds by saying to her, and the translation that we have is, woman, what does this have to do with me? It would seem as though Jesus was upset that Mary asked Him to do something about the fact that they had no wine. A a better, more act… Now, you can understand why Bible translators would translate the, 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 the framework of Scripture or the framing of the particular Scripture in the way they did because they saw it in the manner that I've just described. Jesus was a bit annoyed uh, that His mother would even tell Him to do something. A better translation from, woman, what does this have to do with me? is not that, but this. Better translation is this, woman, this has to do with you and me. It's not that this doesn't have anything to do with us, quite the opposite, this has to do with you and me. Because here Mary is representing the old, the fact that there is no more wine. This was happening at a wedding feast in in Cana of Galilee, type and shadow of the Bride of Christ and a picture of the transition in human history from the woman to the bride, from, uh, the, old, from the Old Testament and the, the Law of Moses, all of which were typified by Mary because she served her purpose under the Old Covenant. The Law continued until Christ and Mary was valuable for the bringing forth physically of the Christ but in the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee is when the transition is made from son of man, son of the woman, to son of God. And here's what happens, and you know the story but just just to run down a few thoughts on it. There were six stone water jars used for ceremonial purposes. at the time, and Mary said to the attendants, whatever Jesus tells you, do that. Mary's actually speaking the words of Moses who said in Exodus 22, he said, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up from among the brethren like unto me, 
him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall command you. The words of Moses are coming out of Mary's mouth, representing the last and final closure of the law and the beginning of the time of the Spirit. And the law was a schoolmaster, like scaffolding in a building. The law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. But the appearing of the, of the Christ comes with the fullness of grace and truth. And the wedding feast again depicts this. So she says, whatever he tells you to do, do. They fill the six water jars with water, tells them to draw out and take it to the master of the feast. You know the story, the master of the feast says, you've been holding out on us, this is the best wine, why why do you keep it for last? Usually you serve the good wine first uh, and when people have drunk that and can't tell the difference anymore, then you bring out the cheap wine, but you have brought out the best wine last. Six water jars, stone water jars, the picture of human beings, the number six is the number of a man. Stone or earth or earthen vessels, picture of mankind, used for ceremonial purposes, ceremonial washings. But when filled at the command of Jesus, filled with the water that springs up into eternal life, filled with revelation, it resets their mindsets and the joy is returned to the feast in the form of the best wine. Three and a half years after Jesus appeared, this, this, as He appeared and three and a half years later He would be crucified, the first miracle that He performed was the turning of water into wine in the wedding feast of Cana of Galilee, but the more important picture is the transition from Mary, from the Son of Mary to the Son of God. That's why He says to her, woman do you understand that this is about water to be turned to wine, this is about you representing the old, me representing the new, you are, you are, the, you are the cheap wine so to speak, I am the best wine, I am the wine for the feast, you served until now. That's why he said, woman this is really about you and me. He wasn't telling her, leave me alone, I don't want anything, otherwise why did he do anything? Why did he do anything? And the silly notion that you talk to Mary if you want Jesus to do something, I mean, that is so bizarre, you wonder how people actually well, it's, it's pretty simple, they don't know the Scriptures and they simply don't care about knowing the Scriptures and they, they perish because of that ignorance. No, this is not an argument for talking to the mother of Jesus, that's to know Him according to the flesh. If you know Him, you know Him according to the Spirit. But three and a half years beginning with the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee, He shows that He's clothed with the Father and He shows that He's operating by the power of the throne of God. And that's why from that position, not from heaven, but from that position, clothed with the authority of the Father, 
clothed with the presence of the Father. He could say to Satan, go tell that fox, I'll cast out demons today and tomorrow and on the third day I'll reach my goal. There's nothing you, you have neither part nor lot in this matter, the Scriptures say. He's about to do what He was put on the earth to do. Now then, we, there, there is this period of time when the corporate man is revealed when for three and a half years it will manifest the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace in perfection. For three and a half years it will manifest for the completed period, for half of seven, for half of seven, there will be a period of time in which on the earth, like in the case of Jesus, we shall see in the corporate man the perfect representation of Christ for three and a half years. That's why he's referred to as a man-child who is destined to rule the nations. It's not about the time when he was born, it was about the time when he was revealed. So for a period of time, this body of Christ will come, will absolutely come to the fullness of the statue that belongs to Christ. Then it will not be as infants tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful schemings. No, this man will be a fully mature man in the fullness of the stature that belongs to Christ. And here, in the middle of the scripture that shows his life being threatened, he clothes himself with God and functions out of God by the authority of the throne of God and he does that on the earth and Satan can't do anything with him so he turns his attention to religion. He turns his attention to that which bore him. Now, God prepares a place she flees into the wilderness. Wilderness. This is so rich. I can't believe that we didn't see these things all these years. What happens to the apostate church? What happens when the glory of God departs out of the institutional church? What happens? it'll be in the desert, it will be in the wilderness. You know what you do in the wilderness? You wander, you drift. And the devil spewed out, the dragon spewed out, I'm going ahead from the narrative, spewed out water to try to drown her in the wilderness. What is that? What is water? Water is word. 
if the devil is spewing out water, if the dragon is spewing out water, what is that? Is that the pure word of God? Is that accurate prophecy? No, it's the kind of craziness you see right now in the church. False prophets abounding. And it'll continue to abound. It's a propaganda war against the woman because he cannot do anything to the son. What did Jesus say to Pilate, the very uh, representative of the Roman government? Pilate, the governor of uh, the Roman governor of the province of Judea. He said to him, You have no authority over me unless the one who sent me has given you authority. What are we seeing with the two witnesses? They functioned for three and a half years and nobody could stop them. Type and shadow of the same thing. What did we see of Christ? He functioned for half of the seven and no one could stop him. And even when he died, he said that that was because the Father had permitted him to be killed so that he could be raised again. Even then, no one had authority over him except what the Father granted. Same thing is happening to the child who's de- to this man whose destiny is to rule. He's demonstrating rule as he goes forward, right here in what is said. But the enemy takes out after the woman because he still thinks that that's worthwhile, because they're still making noises about being the representation of God on the earth, even though it's no longer that. Now look, here is a faithful saying. The reality is that when God gave gave the promise to Abraham, the descendants of Abraham over time became so corrupt that eventually they killed the very one whose coming was the very reason that the nation existed. But has God cast away Israel? The answer is no, because He will save a remnant on account of the promise He made to Abraham. Does that mean He's going to save everybody? No, no. This woman has in it both the potential of a a remnant and those who are in the compendium representative of those who have fallen away. This three and a half years is a time for repentance when the truth is being brought forth by the patent son, living in, in the corporate man. So there's a separation out of the woman, 
just like birth is a separation of the, of the child from the woman. The woman and the child are no longer conflated when birth occurs. The law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. The Christian, the the, um, institutional Christianity preserved a cultural likeness to Christ, just like the law and the Jews preserved, they were placeholders until the real was to come. And in the case of Christ, when He came, the nation of Israel was destroyed, but for a remnant. And in the case of this man-child, when He emerges out of the woman, she will go into apostasy, but for a remnant as well. It's the same story. But God has mercy on her in her wanderings in the wilderness because she was not caught up to God and to His throne. In other words, she was not part of that which lived in Christ, moved in Christ and had its very being in Christ, like He was in the Father. So the Father is not in the institution. (laughs) Look, this is so obvious you wonder why we didn't see it. The institution is never about the fatherhood of God. The institution is always about getting a pass out of trouble, going to heaven when you die. They do not preach the message of the fatherhood of God. So if you are in the institution, you have very little understanding and no encouragement to be a faithful son to the Father. You are always being told to go to heaven when you die. This is what it's about. But in Christ, you bear the name of the Father on your forehead. She will wander in the wilderness because she will not be raptured out and she will not have power although God will have mercy on her for the sake of a remnant, yet in it, yet in her. There will be a time when she becomes the harlot of Babylon and God will decree that it's time for the remnant to come out of her. But for a while, the desert will swallow up the flood of dissipation and false information about her that is that will come from the world. The world is going to paint the harlot church or the the world is going to paint the woman out of whom uh, the the Son comes in the most horrifying of circumstances. You realize that everything that was said about the woman at the beginning, clothed with the sun, with the moon uh, under her feet and a crown of twelve stars, Remember, you realize all of that, the light and glory of her was because of what she was carrying in her, not really because of who she was. When he is separated from her through birth, she does not become caught up to God or 
functioning by the authority of his throne. She wanders in the wilderness. Same woman wanders in the wilderness and ultimately is revealed differently in the scriptures. We'll continue after that. Uh, We'll continue next time. Blessings. Bye-bye.